0: Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. bad well Welcome to Society 13. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, horror, art, politics, and overall bad-ass, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society's 13
2: Networks.
3: Good evening, folks, friends nice and teens. Thank you for tuning in to Kettle Whistle Radio very special one tonight uh we really are we're on a roll lately um good friend tonight uh great horror director uh jack thomas smith will be with us today talking about his film infliction which is doing incredibly well he comes with a resume and it's more of a conversation than an interview we had a really good time but also very important uh couple of things here. You're going to hear some really good music. He picked out some stuff for us, too. Uh, first off, you're going to hear my pick, uh, Ruby. Uh, you're going to hear Hoops by Ruby. Now, we've been having a stellar season so far. We had Ruby themselves, which is actually Leslie Rankin, wonderful woman, Scottish lady. And we had her on the episode prior to this one. It was a fantastic episode. Great music. If you like punk, if you like alternate rock, I guess. it's it, It's rock music. And it's just good. Uh, even industrial fans will will like it because it, it was put in that category. But Ruby was on last week. Fantastic show. You're going to hear a little bit from her. But now, again, Jack Thomas-Smith will be on shortly talking about Infliction and all the other things we must discuss. Is a lot. It's a very scattered episode. I, I, I don't mind saying that. Uh it, We had so much going on here, and the music was a big part of it. Danny Stoddard was one of his picks. The song There Is No In Between, you're going to hear that. And friends of his, Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters. I believe they're from my stomping grounds on Long Island. The song, How Does It Feel, you're going to hear that as well. And more. But again, it's been stellar lately. And I got to say, I'm really, you know, this this hit me while we were recording. Unfortunately, there's only today and tomorrow to do this unless they extend it. Uh, my friends at Shr- uh, Shrouded in Neglect, S.I.N. That is Shrouded in Neglect, great metal band. They're having an event in Angora, Cleveland. Uh, it's too, for all you mushroom head fans, uh, the, here, I'll just read it verbatim here as my friend Nathan Kempner, who plays guitar for them, he sent me this. Um, hey, just a heads up. From now until May 22nd, which happens to be tomorrow, unfortunately, uh, maybe they'll extend it. We are donating 50% of profits from online purchases to Stacy Hetrix or Hetrix. This is the wife of Jeff Hetrix, a.k.a. Jeffrey Nothing of Mushroomhead. This is to help with medical and living expenses due to her recent diagnosis with stage 3 colon cancer. We were asked to play the, the benefit show at Cleveland Angora on the 22nd and have decided to take it one step further. Any purchase will be helping a great family out in a time of need. So stop by the website. And pick up a copy of our new album, or a couple stickers, whatever you can afford. If you don't have it, please share our most recent post about it. Thanks so much, and hope to see you soon. That's Shrouded in Neglect. Now, you can help this help Mushroom Head. <laughs> and this event, um, I mean, there's never too much help in this situation here. Again, um, Jeff Hatrix of... That's Jeffrey Nothing of Mushroom Head, his wife, who has stage 3 colon cancer... Go to www.shroudedinneglectoneword.com, and uh, I think he actually spelled Angora wrong. I think it's Agora he says later on, but you could look it up. It's the Mushroom Head Show Friday night this week, um, and this is for a good cause. Do what you can. Do what you can. In situations such as this, people don't come through for you, and it's nice when strangers can actually help. I talk from experience. Um, but that's a big that just happened, folks. Otherwise, we, there would have been warning, and we would have talked about it sooner. He just let me know last night. But thanks, Nathan Kepner. I hope we can help you out. Again, the great band Shrouded in Neglect, one of the first guests we ever had. And uh, coming up now, uh, in just minutes, we're gonna have the great Jack Thomas Smith. And what there's not, you know, I'll let him speak for himself. All right, thanks for listening, folks. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. Folks, friends, and fiends, I have a favorite uh, from another show, actually, from Society 13 Network's uh, The Ninth Story. I believe we had director extraordinaire Jack Thomas Smith, and now he's on Kettle Whistle Radio. How are you doing there, Mr. Smith?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
3: (laughs) Mind if I call you Jack? Uh, You
1: can call me Jack. Please (laughs) please call me Jack.
3: (laughs) Jack, Jack, Jack from New Jersey, correct?
1: that's right And yeah you guys are where Pittsburgh
3: yeah yeah I'm a Long Islander uh, lots of family okay. in the Jersey area but uh, yeah yep. we're all in Pittsburgh uh, and th- this ship of ours has sh- ship of ours has been really sailing well I'm just gonna say um, but anyway for those that don't know you by now Jack Thomas Smith director of disorder um, and uh, the the ever-growing infliction yeah which is just an amazing film um, and of course there is regenerated man where you re- you have associate producer pr- uh, credit as well as screenplay.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, that was actually the first film that I worked on back in the 90s. Right. Uh that that was kind of the one that uh that I learned on, you know. I was uh uh Ted Bohus. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ted or not. I am. Um,
3: yeah, from just watching that film. that's I I am, but you talked about him the last time on The Ninth yeah. Story. Yeah. Now Great guy. He, he was the Now that was your crash course into making a horror movie. That was
1: my crash course, man. I never went to film school. I met Ted through a guy uh, 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 that I had known at a video store that I worked at. And I was just a young kid. And, you know, I said to Ted, you know, I want to get into films, you know. And uh, Ted and I co-wrote that script, The Regenerated Man. And that was it, man. I mean, I, I learned a lot from Ted. I learned, you know, what a grip does, a gaffer, best boy. I mean, I was on set holding the boom. And. Um, ironically, I talked to Ted today. It was weird. Get out um, of here. Really? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, we were on the phone for a little while just catching up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from him, man. And then, uh, from there I worked with, uh, John Russo, who's your neck of the woods out there in Pittsburgh.
3: Yep. 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 That's what you talked about last time that he was, he's yeah. a, a mentor of yours as well. <laughs> That's right. That's great. Uh, yeah, he's a mentor of mine. I can't even begin to tell you, I've never seen a cooler dude in the presence of all these fans around him he's just like so matter of fact
1: (laughs) yeah he's awesome i mean he really is you know i uh i saw him at days of the dead in chicago back in november and just uh you know just a cool guy you know we were hanging out and uh you know we caught up it had been a while since we had seen each other and uh but yeah he's just he is great with the fans i mean that's that's the thing that's amazing about him is he doesn't get weird um, you, you know, you can just go out and have a beer with him, and he's, <laughs> yes, uh, he's just a cool guy.
3: <laughs> yes, we have had had beers with him. He's a great, great <laughs> storyteller. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to hide that. Fact. And he always manages to get on this show somehow. Once again, here we are talking about John Russo. The last time I did talk to you, I had something new coming out myself, actually through Burning Bowl Publishing. Um, John Russo put together the uh, Rise of the Dead collection, which is an anthology of zombie stories in the timeline of his original. Okay. Yeah, and that's out right now. That that can't. That's I guess I was. Yeah, that was the latest thing I I, I put out. I, um, I I have another book out, but we're not talk about that right now. But more importantly, you okay? Uh, what was the wizard was not when that was wizard? I'm sorry, Wizard <laughs> World Comic Con. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> you got it, man. Yeah, Wizard World Comic Con in Philadelphia, man. I mean, they had about eighty thousand people there. It was absolutely insane.
3: Wow. No, I saw that in your pictures of you up there on the panel. I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a panel, we did a screening. Um, you know, it, it, it went great. You know, really seemed like people enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and what was cool about it on a side note was that Burt Reynolds was having his <laughs> panel right next to mine. I saw that. So, honestly, I mean, I hate to admit this, but once the movie got started, I slipped next door to go watch Burt, you know? <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I think I saw that on your Facebook page. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was, I was like, you know what? I've seen Infliction, I don't know, about five million times. I think I can go uh, <laughs> go check out Burt Reynolds for a little while. And that, that was cool. Man, I'm a big Burr Reynolds fan. So that was that was a rush.
3: That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, Now, how do we go about explaining this film of yours, Infliction, without spoiling it? That's a tough one. So I wanted to let you do it.
1: Yeah, no worries, man. Um, The way I describe it is uh, Infliction is a disturbing assembled footage film that documents a murder spree committed by two brothers in North Carolina in 2011 and the horrific truth behind their actions um it's it's more of a psychodrama than a horror um very character driven very story driven it deals with a subject matter that unfortunately affects way too many people in this country
3: yes
1: um and as infliction plays out you're going to find yourself asking who are the true criminals and who are the true victims
3: yeah, that's a great point you made um I've watched it now three times, and, it, and I, I look at it differently every time. It's it's oh, really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. I brag about it on this show a lot, Um and I I, th- I think I put stuff up on Facebook too. But anything you want me to promote, I'll do. Um I was incredibly. I mean, yeah, found footage, but this this is so different. This is not. You know, I hey, okay, I like I like I did like the Blair Witch Project back then. Of course, you know? I did too. I was, yeah, that's I loved a good it. movie. This but this is so different. This is um. I, and I I like my monsters. Everybody knows if you listen to this. I like my monsters. You you got the human monster, the psychodrama thing down perfect. I think.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you know, the the real monsters, you know, it's it's not Freddy Krueger, it's not Michael Myers. I mean, it's it's the true monsters are the real monsters. You know yes. the you know the the guys that go out there and shoot up schools, and you know those are the real
3: monsters in this world exactly so how did that screening go in philly
1: oh it went great man i mean it was it was just such a fun day i mean it wasn't a huge turnout because it was a comic con Mm -hmm. um you know so it was it it was almost like a um i I don't want to say it was a wrong fit but you know it it wasn't a big horror base there um it was more you know for comics and action heroes Mm -hmm. and all that but um, but no, I mean, it was it was still cool. Um, you know, I mean, it was great to be there to just say we had a screening at the at the Philadelphia Comic Con. I mean, that's that's awesome. Um, and, you know, and the people that did see it, it seemed like they really liked the film a lot. Um, and actually, the same weekend, there was mm-hmm. a screening up in Ontario Ontario's, at the yeah. uh, CK Expo. Yeah. Um, they had a Comic Con up there um, in Chatham, Ontario, and, uh, you know, we, you know, obviously I couldn't be in two places at once, but I heard that the turnout was great for that. Cool. And, and apparently the crowd really loved the film. So, uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, lots of great things.
3: That was my next question about Ontario. Yes, man, on I mean, affliction, it's yeah. just,
1: it's, it's been. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been great. You know, I mean, it's it's just it seems like the fans are really receptive to the film. It seems to really be hitting people because it's not you know, it's not guys running from a monster. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so much more to the story and and so much substance with the characters and the storyline. And, and 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 unfortunately, it is a it, it can be a real life horror, what you see in the film. And I think that's why people are connecting with it.
3: Yes, yes. Oh, definitely. Especially these days. It's in the yeah. news every day for us, something similar to that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people know when they watch it. And that's for certain. Yep, they'll get it. Um, oh, definitely. So yeah, I, Ontario, man, that's so cool. I, there is such a horror connection up there. I, I, I'll get into that a little bit in a little bit later. Um, cause I have okay. some great connections in the horror world in, uh, in horror fiction, I should say. Um, now, so you're born and bred, Jersey guy.
1: No, I was actually born in
3: Philly. Okay.
1: Um, and then we lived out in michigan i I was in the philadelphia area so i was about eight or nine and then we moved out to michigan when yeah i was about nine years old we lived there for about three years um you know outside of detroit on this small island okay um and then we moved to jersey when i was about 12 so i've been in jersey ever since um so yeah so i i mean i consider jersey my home but yeah but my roots are are really philadelphia
3: Okay. Oh, that's interesting. All right. I, I, I wasn't sure. Well, Philly and Jersey isn't, I mean, I can get crucified for saying this, but they're not too far apart. Um, no. no. <laughs> just I the I mean, sports, it, yeah, the sports fans. I live about
1: 40 miles outside of New York City, so I'm about 40 miles from New York and about 60-some miles from Philly, so I'm, I'm almost smack dab between the two cities.
3: So growing up, was it always horror for you? Was it always the horror movies that got you, <laughs> or did you start somewhere else?
1: I mean, it, it, horror is what got me,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, the Dawn of the Dead. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, actually, let me take that back. When I was eight years old, I saw Star Wars. And ah, that was yes. we that talked about this. Is what did me in. You know, I mean, that that was the moment when I knew I wanted to direct films. I wanted to make films. Um, but then after, after seeing Star Wars, I saw the original Dawn of the Dead at the theater. Um, you know, I read The Shining by Stephen King Mm. and then it just kind of progressed from there. You know, then I was discovering all the George Romero films and John Carpenter and De Palma and, you Mm. know, just, I, I really, you know, I, as a teenager, I got into all of those horror films back in the, you know, late seventies, early eighties, um, you know, Friday the 13th, mm. all of them, you know, just, I mean, to me, that was just such a golden era for, for horror, you know, oh, it late really 70s, was. early 80s. It so um, was. What about,
3: how's, here's a forgotten one, Um, Dressed to Kill. Do you remember that one? Oh,
1: Dressed to Kill was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was Brian De Palma, yep, that yep. by Angie Dickinson, Nancy <laughs> Allen. That's great, Fantastic yeah.
3: Fantastic film. Yeah. Um, yeah that one that just one of those you feel like you 're watching something you shouldn 't be watching yeah. when you watch that, yeah. and that that 's true horror to me now yeah i 'm a big monster guy, like I said, I love the blob you know the original as well as the remake, sure um, we talked about that a little bit last time, but um now uh, how about you, as far as like growing up in that area, was it conducive to the horror environment? Because I know a lot of people Friday nights went to go see the horror movie that was opening that night. You know, it was just something you did. Uh, yeah. Long Island, we did. New Jersey, I, I know we did too. Um, was it, were you pretty much alone in your love for horror? Or did you have a group that you always hung out with and went and see these things? Yeah, you know,
1: that, that is actually a great question because a lot of the guys I hung with, they were more like action type guys. Yep, me you know, too. like they wanted to. You know, they wanted to go see what, whatever it was at that time coming out. You know, Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. or, you know, um, God, I'm trying to think who the action heroes were at that time. Well, you know, Schwarzenegger, yeah. all those guys.
4: Yep, Chuck, um, Chuck Norris. And I love
1: those movies, too, don't get me wrong. Um, but they were, yeah, most of, most of my buddies were more like action guys, more so than horror. I, I mean, I did have a few friends that were horror, you know. we. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing is, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, we would have the big house parties, and, you know, we would have the kegs and everything, and Dawn of the Dead would always be on the TV. <laughs> you know, it would be Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead or uh, uh, any one of those, Friday the 13th, the thing, you know. I mean, it, we always made it a point that whenever we had a party, we always had one of those horror flicks.
3: That's awesome. Evil Dead was a good one for me too. Evil Dead, there you go, another
1: one. I forgot that. Yep, Evil Dead.
3: It's really hard to compare back to those days. I I I tell people all the time, especially I know a lot of younger kids, and I say younger kids—they're in their late twenties—they go back to those movies. They know them better than the new ones.
1: Okay, yeah, that's good. That that shows there's some hope
3: then. Yeah, there's definitely some hope. Definitely some hope. Now let's—I want to twist this a little bit here. Um, Music—you seem to be into music a little bit. It seems like more rock and roll than anything else. Uh, oh, yeah. Born and bred rock and roll, or I'm definitely a rock
1: guy, man. My all-time favorite band is the Stones.
3: Yeah, that's what you told me. Yes.
1: Yep. Yep. So I even got the tongue on my arm, man. I, I did it <laughs> when I was 16. I got the the Stones tongue tattoo put <laughs> on my arm.
3: <laughs> that oh man, that was a popular patch back in the day, man. And the oh, shirt, yeah. I, I I have a shirt. I got to see the Voodoo Lounge tour, so that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did, cool. You, go to, did you have you seen them at all recently or?
1: Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, well, I saw them. <clears throat> I saw them going back to Steel Wheels, Voodoo Lounge, uh, Bridges of Babylon. I saw the uh, uh, the one in two thousand and two. That I forget what the name of that tour was. But then I I did see them uh, two years ago in Philly. Uh, my girlfriend and I went down to Philly and saw them. And, I mean, Mick's like 70 years old, and, I mean, he didn't stop running the whole time. These guys were just unbelievable, 70 years old. They were just tearing it up,
3: you know? It's unreal. You're right. It truly is. Um, It seems like, I don't know, the music is prevalent in your movies as well. I I don't know if it it affects you creatively before you're making the movie or during the movie, or do you like the soundtrack? Is that all you putting that together? Um, where, Where do you stand with that?
1: It depends. It depends on the project. Um, I'm actually starting to write a screenplay right now, where the music is going to play. Uh, it's going to play a very important part in the film. Okay. And it's actually not a horror. It's it's more of a drama, like a black comedy oh, kind okay. of like a To Die For it. I, you know, I don't know if you ever saw To Die For with Nicole Kidman. Um or King of Comedy with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Believe it or not, that's um you know, I'm working on a script right now that's kind of along that line and the music is gonna be very um, very important to to how the story moves forward. Like I'm already picking out songs where I'm like, oh my god, if I can get the licensing rights right. on this, this would be perfect. You know, <laughs> well,
3: that's so. like us, us tonight. You know, I wanted to have you on here so we could spin some new music for folks too. Um, uh, what they, we heard earlier today was uh Ruby, which is a, a Scottish lady, Leslie Rankin. Um, who was broken in 95 and then just has a, a new album out in 2014 actually and she's back again wow. on the scene. It, it's, it's really good stuff and I'll have to introduce you to some more of it there, Jack. But, um, now you introduced me to some stuff and we're going to play another tune here. This, uh, Danny Stoddard. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great guy, man. I shot his music video. Oh, cool. That, yeah. It's a cool guy. He's an artist in New York, an indie guy and, uh, Uh, you know, does the, the rock it's, I guess it's kind of rock, um, uh, hardcore, I guess is what they call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, really, really cool guy, man. I had a blast shooting his video. I mean, God, we did like 70 setups in one day. I mean, (laughs) we almost killed ourselves shooting it, but, uh, cool guy and I wish him all, all, all the best.
3: Now, is this for the, uh, there is no in between?
1: There's no in between. That's right. I, I directed that video.
3: Okay. It's yeah, good song. I, I got the hook immediately. Um, well, let's play that right now. You, you don't think he'd mind if we did that, huh? Nah.
1: I nah. think Danny'd be cool with that. Probably be happy as all as all hell. All
3: right. Well, let's uh, let's spin this one out and uh, we'll be right back with Jack Thomas Smith. All right, folks, stick around for some great. I don't know, what are we probably gonna call this? Conversation? I'm not gonna inter- <laughs> I'm not gonna interview you again.
0: Alright,
1: yeah, it's it's just like a talk. Yeah, we're just having <laughs> exactly. a conversation. I'm cool with that.
3: Alright, well will we'll be right back, folks.
0: Some days I go to take it home. Other times I don't. She seems to make up for the space between. She knows when the gap brings. Jesus.
3: S T O D D A R D. The song There is No In Between. Is that correct? There's no in between?
1: There's no in between. You can check it out on YouTube. Just type in Danny Stoddard. There's no in between. I think I think mm-hmm. the video's up around thirty or forty thousand views now on YouTube.
3: Cool. And I didn't know about the video till now and, and uh, I did I, I got it off iTunes, to tell you the truth. I bought it. Oh cool. Yeah, yeah. He is on iTunes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, That's awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, that was good stuff. Off uh, air, once again, we always talk about how uh when I'm not having my marble mouth moments, um, we uh, always get into these interesting conversations because I like to find out what I can and can't talk about. And usually you, you, you guys are all pretty open. There's been a few that were a little weird, but <laughs> they're, not ho- they're not horror directors. You get it out however other means. Um, you were working on a project last time called In the Dark. And Correct. I was really excited about this and I was hoping it was going to happen.
1: I'm still hoping it's going to happen. Um we're uh, we're working on it right now. Essentially where where it's at is we're trying to raise the startup capital. Um and what in the dark is about, it's an action horror film that takes place on a small island in Michigan, I, ironically and <laughs> not ironically, <laughs> um the the same island that um I lived on when I was a kid as as I said uh, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so On this island, it it basically gets overrun by zombie vampire creatures, and there's a handful of people left alive, they got guns, they're blowing the crap out of these things, there's thousands of these things, (laughs) Um, and the main characters are, are battling them, trying to get off this island into the mainland. Um, and that's you know that's kind of the popcorn version of the film, right? Uh, but underneath it, you know, there's a pretty strong theme. Um, the the underlying theme to the film it's 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 a play on immorality, um, and what I mean by that is you know the main character, you know, his backstory is he had paralyzed his best friend in a drunk driving accident. Yeah. Another one of the main characters is cheating on his wife. Uh, another main character is a teenage girl being abused by her stepfather. Um, And even these zombie vampire creatures, their need to feed is almost like a crack addiction. They're almost like drug addict vampires. Um, So you have this strong theme that kind of connects the protagonist with the antagonists. Um, So, yeah, on the surface, it's going to be edgier seed action, effects, you know, horror, you know, suspense. But then underneath, there's a really strong story and really strong uh, character development, along with with a with you know a very uh, mm-hmm. a, a very strong theme.
3: Yeah, that's what you're good at is the character development. That's that's what's important to me. Um, it's you know the, the same old thing. You go back to George Lucas. A special effect without a story is a very boring thing, and I always wait, stick with wait. that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And and that's the whole thing is you know I don't I don't want this to and 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 you know, our, our effects artist is going to be Vincent Guastini, who did the effects on Infliction. Uh, Vinny's also done major films. I mean, he did Last of the Mohicans. Mm. He did, you know, Dogma, Requiem to a Dream. Wow. I mean, uh, Hannibal, and he's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for over 20 years, so he'll be doing the effects on this.
3: How exciting. Um, I just got chills for you. That's great.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is, <clears throat> you know, we don't want to go crazy with, with CGI, you know, I mean, I want it to be mostly practicals, you know, maybe some, you know, mm-hmm. CGI just to kind of, you know... In other words, if we've got a hundred zombie vampires running at people, we can just multiply them in posts. You know that I'm okay with, but I don't want, you know, I don't want bat creatures flying around that look like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, and so where we're at with it is, you know, we are meeting with investors for startup capital, and that's always the hardest part is getting that first money in. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm starting an Indiegogo campaign um just to generate enough capital Um, to secure our casting director and secure our our quote unquote bankable stars. Okay. Uh, Um, once you get your bankable stars, you can do foreign pre-sales pretty much for, for the balance of the budget of the film. The film's going to come in at around five to six million. Wow. Um, so we can generate a lot of that with far most of it through foreign pre-sales as long as we have the right stars attached.
3: Well, Jack, do you, do you feel that you're just slowly moving up or is this moving faster than you want it To. like you see every time you do one you get a little bit bigger a little bit better budget like is that just the natural progression or is this i mean uh, you tell me
1: <laughs> i think it's a natural progression i mean at least that's what you hope you know i, yeah. I mean look i'm, I'm not going to lie though i don't i don't know if i'd ever want to do a big hollywood film and i i mean and mm. that's not you know that's that's not uh, sour grapes or anything no. like that. Like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Hollywood hasn't discovered me yet. I, that's just that's me being dead serious, man. Because doing indies, you have full control. Right. You know, when when you get into those big Hollywood films, I mean, obviously the paychecks are amazing, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not driven by money, man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm driven by just loving what I do. This is who I am. It's in my DNA. Um, so if, if I had the option of doing a film like In the Dark, which might be, you know, five, six million dollar budget or doing, you know, I don't know, Final Destination 15, you <laughs> know, and, and they want to offer me a ton of money, I would do my film, man. I mean, that's just where my heart is, you know. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if, if, if this continues where I keep kind of inching my way up, um, but doing what I love to do. Honestly, man, I mean, I won the lottery, you know, I mean, that's just, I mean, I'm the happiest guy in the world, you know, I couldn't be more blessed.
3: I understand. I do. I mean, it's like, yeah, you you give birth to these things and you free your your head up and then you can move on to the next one, which is great. Um which is really funny this is this is personal actually um <laughs> how much we understand each other when you told me <laughs> I was at the ninth story recording when I met you the first time um well you know we met through the cyberwebs anyway yeah. and uh we were talking about the movie in the dark and like uh dan uh <laughs> the uh guy the man the voice behind the ninth story saw me like I, I, I had this look of shock on my face and, I, and then I sulked real quick because that was the working title for a book that i had coming out oh
0: jeez i'm sorry <laughs> no it's cool it's
3: cool and i'm just like well all right well, great minds okay we'll go with that but um yeah in the dark so I, I i don't know i changed it to like no longer in the dark or something
0: no <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. no
3: no don't worry about it. it's not done yet i don't know but i thought it was really funny because i just like i deflated off oh wow i can't use that now <laughs> it was the funniest i don't know I, I thought it was funny afterwards i was just sitting there sulking like i can't believe it but yeah good stuff man i'm looking forward to this movie and it better come out i, I I've been thinking about it ever since. And um, I, you, you're actually in a movie coming out. A friend of mine uh, I set you up with, uh, Mr. Johnny Daggers, so Dagger Vision Films.
1: That's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, yep. that, that you had hooked us up.
3: Yeah, Blood on the Real. Uh Going to be out sometime, I want to say after summer, maybe. I think you said September. Yeah. But, yeah, this is, this is had you written all over it? Because he was writing, um, when he's writing the script, The Trials and Tribulations of Making Indie Film.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. And uh, what we did was uh, we went to a theater in um, Lake Hopakong, New Jersey. I know where that is. And uh, yeah, and it's uh, over at Camp Jefferson. They've got an outdoor amphitheater over there, and then they also have a smaller, you know, in, just regular indoor theater on their on their premises um you know we did the whole shoot there you know i sat in the theater the dp mm-hmm. uh who also shot infliction he set it up so it looked like there was you know projection light coming from the the projector booth and you know and i i just went through the whole thing just told some of the the good stories about doing indie films some of the struggles with it um so yeah, we got everything over to Johnny and uh yeah, I can't wait man. I can't wait to see the finished product.
3: I got to see some of it. Um I don't I'm in there too, believe it or not. I'm I oh. yeah. Cool. okay. Yeah. Um I'm in there he uh, he wanted to have at least one horror writer in there. I, well, uh, I guess you'd say novelist whereas most of most of it was uh directors um i'm sure there's some screenwriters in there but yeah you want i don't know why honestly You wanted me in it. <laughs> i'm sitting here thinking for reasons i i don't have anything for you but um <laughs> I, I was curious how your piece like what you're going to be talking about so that, that should be good i didn't get to see it he's back in uh innapolis now so he's he's working on getting that out and that, he'll be happy when that's out i think it's gonna be very interesting i think it's gonna be really good
1: I can't wait to say it. I I mean, you know, I just kind of walked through, you know, just some of the, you know, some of the pitfalls in indie filmmaking, you know, just some of the, you know, just some of the horror stories, some of the successes, you know, it was almost like I wanted to kind of give an arc, you know, that you go through all this crap to make your film and, you know, blood, sweat and tears. And then at the very end, you have that payoff. It's like you said earlier, you give birth to it, you know yeah and uh you know that was kind of what I was trying to do with it so uh yeah so i i know he uh he shot me an email and he said that the footage looked great oh, so cool. But- cool. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see, to see what it all looks like all put together.
3: I don't know how, I mean, if something like 52 directors were contacted and I think he's getting about 35 of them in there or something like that. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, depending on the story. They, well, it could be just five minutes here, 10 minutes there. I'm not sure how he's doing it, but I asked him, I was like, this is going to be over two hours. How are you going to do this? He's like, yeah. no, I just, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and maybe do two, part two. You yeah. Know, do well, uh, one and then two, you know. That's a
3: good point. Uh D V D extras, you put the rest of them on there, something like that. That's a really good idea. Uh let's see here. Um, okay. <laughs> I guess I have to go there with you. I came across um to, from two thousand fourteen, there's a YouTube I shouldn't even really give these guys credit, but um they're called Movie Monday and they reviewed uh Regenerated Man.
1: Oh get out of town, and really. They, they did it,
3: yeah. <laughs> They did it last September. <laughs> I, see that review, man. <laughs> I don't think you do. Um, it, it was last September. And honestly, these they I think the guys are too young to realize what was going on at the time, why you um, preferred to use certain latex over CGI. Um, they also didn't mention that you had Debbie Roshan in it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Debbie Debbie had a small part in it. Yeah,
3: I mean, but they, they overlooked that, which tells me I don't know that they really knew what they were talking about. Yeah. But yeah. It, I think it'd be funny if you shot them an email afterwards. Hey, thanks for the review.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. I got to, I got to check it out. I think it's Yeah, funny. that, um, that was, uh, a Ted, yeah, like I said, Ted directed that, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I my role it. I on saw it was I co-wrote the script with him, yeah. helped him raise the financing, and I just kind of cut my teeth on it, yeah. you
3: know? Oh, I saw the movie. I enjoyed it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, I was into yeah. all that, and you know, after like Toxic Avenger and all those other things going <laughs> on. this. Some, but there was some fun, I, I don't know, I, I just I love the genre. So when it comes to latex and monsters, I yeah. loved, loved that scorpion crab thing at the end, too. Oh, man.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right at the very end and the eye open. Yes, right? that was cool. Yeah. See, I, oh, my God. You know what, man? It's been so long since I saw it. I'm, I, it's funny. I, I've, like, completely forgotten certain things with it. <laughs> but, yeah, Vinny, Vinny actually did the effects on that. My uh, my friend Vincent Bassini, oh, that's, awesome. that's how we met, was on Regenerated Man.
3: See that's I don't think now once again these are two young hipsters. Um, I, I didn't have the patience, but I did. I sat through the I think it was a thirty minute. Um, uh, it's just two guys sitting at a table with a, with your VHS in their hand. That oh they, my God. yeah, they said they bought it for six dollars at a garage sale or something. I don't know. They they tried to be witty, and it it just came across as too hipstery. I don't know. Like they were just too cool for the room, and I don't know. But you know now they're going to get some airplay because of this. Uh, now I'm to blame. <laughs> what, what can you do? Hey, hey, I, 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 right, I like to share with everybody. They can thank me one day, maybe. But um, but they didn't mention Debbie being in the movie. It's like, guys, she, they were like, they were looking at the cover, like, nah, there's really nobody in this. And I'm like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? But yeah,
1: yeah. You, that's m- right. Debbie had a supporting role in it.
3: Yeah, one of Russo's buddies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, she was also in Santa Claus. That was a yep. movie I worked on with John. That's right. I own it. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I've I've actually done two films with her.
3: Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Unbelievable. I didn't put yeah. that together. Um, I, I want, let's see. Here's something I really want to ask you. Um, did you ever have, have, that moment where you question, you know, why, why am I doing this? Like, did you ever like second guess yourself and say, you know, you get that creative frustration? Like, uh, this isn't, I, I can't pull this, this one off the way I want to.
1: Um, hmm. I don't know if I've ever gotten that. I knew,
3: um, because, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just being honest, man, is that I just, I love doing this so much that <clears throat> I couldn't imagine doing anything but this. And it's, it's what, what's the old saying, uh, uh, uh show me a man. Who loves what he does, and I'll show you a man who's never worked a day in his life. I probably butchered that saying, but you you know what I'm saying. No, I I, I get it. I love doing this. That I don't really look at this as work. It is work, but it it, to me, I I just I love it so much that um, it's not work. And it's you know, it's when you're shooting, you feel like you're free falling, and and you're just so stressed out and on edge, and it's juggling all these these personalities and schedules and all that. And then, you know, when you're done shooting, you're fried and burnt out, and then you go through the whole editing process, and it's like, oh, man, is it ever going to get done? And then you want to do it all over again, you know? So it's uh – it, it's just such a, a crazy process but yeah i don't i don't know if there. i mean i can honestly tell you there has never been a moment where i was like why why am i doing this Good. No, you know
3: that's why well then you are the person that should be doing these films yeah. that's all there is <laughs> to it uh yeah, I, I mean you proved it yourself time and again so um again i can't wait for in the dark but there's some other there's a lot going on in the indie world right now and um You know, Blood on the Real, that's coming out soon. I I have a list here, and you're in the same company with some of these people when you do these shows. Um, Have you heard of Pieces of Talent yet? Pieces of Talent?
1: Yeah. Um, No,
3: no. Okay, that's one to I'm look. I'm sorry for.
1: to say, I haven't.
3: That's one to look for. Joe Stoffer is the director's name. Um, catch it at one of these. When you go to one of these conventions, if you could see that, it's okay. so good. It's so good. It's, it's it's about this. Well, a guy is making a snuff film, basically, but he's doing it by you know putting an ad in the paper, and <laughs> needing d- directors, actors, producers. Oh wow! And oh. yeah, yeah. But it's not found footage. Uh, just there's parts of it, and then at the end, you get to see the film that he makes, and it's just like this moment, like wow, and you'd be so. Proud of this indie director doing this. Um, that's one. It sounds awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, check out Pieces of Talent. We watched it here and then did a show a- afterwards to talk about it. Um, okay. Another one too. Uh, this is a good. This is a friend. Friends of mine actually. The other side. Um, it's also. It's been showing uh, right now. Let's see. It's the, uh, the. It's official. It's the official selection of 2015. Pittsburgh Independent Film Festival on June 26th. Uh, they're showing it there. Uh, the director's name is John Nespianski. I cannot; it's a really hard name to say. Okay. I, I butcher it every time. But one of the actresses, a friend of mine, Christine Starkey. Um, she she loves your stuff too, by the way. Um, Christine Starkey was the heroine of the Other Side, and that's a, a very different take on the zombie. Uh, that's a, that's okay. a good one. Another good one to check out. How about you? You've, you go to these cons. Have have like anything stuck out or surprised you that you really liked?
1: You know what's horrible, man, is that <clears throat> when I'm, whenever I go to these conventions and these comic cons and all that, I'm literally spending the yeah. whole day trying to get people to come to the screening. So, yeah, it, it really sucks because I miss out on so much that's going on. Because I honestly, we have our team. And it's like we're handing out flyers. And it's like, hey, my film screening, 7 o'clock tonight, hope you can make it. My film screening, 7 o'clock tonight, hope you can make it. I mean, that's literally what we're doing all day. So it was like, you know, even at the Philadelphia Comic-Con, it was just for us to be able to slip out and go watch Burt Reynolds talk. I mean, that was like, oh, man, I I wasn't going to miss out for
0: anything, (laughs) you know.
3: That's so Um, great.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, in terms of some of the indie films, Um, there's, honestly, there's one that I really like. It's called Faces, and the director is Tom Ryan. I don't know if you know who Tom, Thomas Ryan is, is, is is his directing name. Um, he's in Jersey. Okay. And I caught that at, uh, Grindhouse Cafe Z, which is in Union, New Jersey. And I dug it, man. I mean, it's, it's a super low budget film. Like, he had next to nothing on it. Um, but it was just a good story and, and I dug it, you okay, know? so that's faces. one that I did. It's called faces okay. and it hasn't gotten distribution yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a good film.
3: That's, that's cool. All right. Well, yeah, I love these leads. I'm, I'm going to write that one down. Okay. Um, let's, let's get to your other, your other band pick here. Okay, cool. Yeah. You want to You want to you call this one out? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters. Uh, I've actually I've known Pam going back to disorder. Uh, her song Take Me Away was in disorder. That's right. I directed that video, um, which was on the DVD. And then for Infliction, she wrote this song specifically for Infliction. I directed the video for this as well. Um, and this is on the inflection DVD right after the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Purple Pam and the Flesh Eaters, and how does it feel, man? It's awesome
3: song. Good stuff, good stuff. Now I, I, it was not on iTunes, so you got to tell Pam that she's got to get on there. But uh, okay. it is on Reverb Nation. So cool. Okay, let's let's go with this one. Here's Purple Pam.
4: Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work.
0: Still here.
3: game <laughs> and we are back that was purple pam and the flesh eaters how does it feel i think it's a great song they have a lot of good music
1: oh i love them i love them pam is just such a good friend i mean we've like i said we've known each other for years and uh you know i'm hoping if in the dark happens she'll have a song in that too I mean, it'd be great
3: yeah very vampire she she would be good
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's awesome.
3: Yeah, we just to get off topic. We were talking about a bunch of oh, there's so much fiction and movies, indie stuff to look for right now. But um, you're involved with uh, the Indie Lounge show. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. I actually um, I produce it. Uh, it's my girlfriend's TV show. Her name is Mandy Del Rio. And uh and it, it's awesome. I mean it's a legit TV show. I mean it's you know it's not a web series or anything. I mean it's on uh cable vision in New Jersey. Um it goes to about two hundred thousand homes. Uh that's actually in the in the one county that it broadcasts in and it's actually expanding. Uh her show just got picked up by T V thirty four in Montclair. Um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to continue it in cable vision up in, uh, Sussex and Morris County, but now it's expanding to different parts of New Jersey. Um, so yeah, it's great. She's had, uh, she had Jackie the Joke Man on. From oh, the get out School of here. Show. Yeah, she interviewed him. She had Don Most, who played Ralph Mouth yes. on happy days. Yeah, he was on John DeBallis. She had Ted Bohus on. Um, so yeah, she just keeps, you know, getting one guest after another. Our next guest is going to be, uh, uh, Charles Kipps, who is a, a thriller writer. Um, and he's also a TV producer. He produced like the Cosby mysteries, a bunch of stuff. Um, so she just keeps on getting these great guests on the show and, and her show is, uh, it's, it's growing. So, um, I was mentioning, uh, Todd Starooch when we were, uh, up in Lake Hopakong, that's where we were shooting at the studio there for Cablevision. Todd was doing, uh, film reviews at the end of her show. Uh, he goes by the Horner, Great guy. <laughs> um, because we're making the switch now to this new station, they're changing the format around. So we're not going to have a film reviewer on there anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but we're going to try and get Todd on there somehow, whether it's on her show or with the station in another capacity. Um, I would definitely love for you and Todd to connect he's a great guy
3: right, yeah I'd be honored um, to absolutely yeah so cool guy we'll trade emails <laughs>
1: yep absolutely uh, good. But, yeah, send, send yeah, her, her show's doing great though man and I I mean and and it's uh it's one of those you know we should definitely can uh, stay in touch because we might be able to share guests as well
3: okay yeah that kind of snowballs for me you know like after I talk to you I may get one of your actors or actresses on at some point you know it's just it's really nice how that community does kind of stick together and it, and it's not just one community of horror there's so many pittsburgh has its own click here it's amazing um amazing. You, you, yeah
1: Pittsburgh's the greatest city in the in the world for horror wow, i mean I, that's here's the end of story i don't think any city compares to pittsburgh when it comes to horror
3: cool well i'm trying to break my way through as well uh now we talked about you know your inspirations more than a few times but did you ever have like a, well a moment that wasn't you know horror movie oriented or any kind of media just like I'll uh, tell you right now, what got me into writing was uh, – and this is a shout-out to my friend Mike, Mike Focasio, back on Long Island. Um, we used to sit in fifth grade and draw these monsters, these hideous monsters, like the, the cover <laughs> of the Queen album where they're, the robots smashing them in their yeah. hands. And, and we, me and Mike used to just draw these things and get in trouble doing it. And <laughs> then we realized, wait, there's an audience for this, <laughs> and it can yeah, get you in trouble. Awesome. <laughs> but did you ever have that moment like something – I don't know, a sketch or just in a weird place at a weird time, and you're like, you know what? i got to make horror. That's all there is to it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, not something like that. I mean, the, for me, it was pretty much the two defining moments for me was, was like I said, when I was eight watching, I saw Star Wars at the yeah, theater, yeah. and then reading The Shining when I was about nine. Um, and that, you know, yeah. at school, I was reading that book obsessively at school instead of paying attention. <laughs> um, those were kind of the two moments, though. And, okay. and for anything outside of horror, I mean, Honestly, man, my all-time favorite movie, just my all-time favorite movie in general is Goodfellas. You know, I'm I'm a big Scorsese guy um and i love apocalypse now too so you know i'm not i'm not all about horror you know i mean and it's not all horror or nothing you know oh i
3: agree um, i agree yeah it it yeah. makes it that much better when you come back to it if you ask me um just like when i go see bands like you know if if a rap group opens up for a metal band i love it cuz it's like it it just cleanses the air in between the music you know and it's like hearing a whole sure. new band for the first time again but, yeah, this, um, well, there, there is a lot of good horror reading out there. And I came across something, and I thought of you immediately when it – I shouldn't say came across. My, my publisher signed this guy and sent me the book to review and and put a little blurb on the inside cover. <coughs> the, the The guy's name is Josh Hancock. The book is called Girls of October. And I – could see you making this movie, and because it isn't just horror, but it's one of the greatest horror stories I've read in a long time.
4: Oh my
1: god! Um, okay, I'd love to read it.
3: Just imagine a newsreel—well, uh, a, a fake newsreel—that makes you believe this really happened, and it's, it's excerpts from like a uh, radio broadcast, TV footage of the, this girl who just uh, committed this, these horrendous murders, supposedly and um it's it's very halloween you know michael myers but is it there's also there's some witchery going on there um but it's just this collection a collage if you will of uh bits and pieces of puzzle that go together to create this book and again girls of october josh hancock i if i get the permission i'd love to send it to you just so you can enjoy it <laughs>
1: okay okay does he have i mean is is he hoping to make it into a film do you Uh, know i mean do you have that uh, like that type of relationship with him where you can discuss that with him Uh, i
3: I definitely could um the reason i say this too is because it it just fit together like while you're you're actually watching the movie reading this book and i just thought it was really amazing i don't know if he's pitched it anywhere else but he's kind of he's i think he's big time uh i think he's out on the west coast i'm not sure but he's under he's under burning bowl publishing which is our label here and again josh hancock if I get permission from my publisher I, I'll maybe I'll send you the copy of it
1: I'd love to yeah thank you
3: yeah you'll love it I mean you really will um how about you what you probably don't get to read anything you're, you're, yeah.
1: <laughs> I haven't oh my god it's been so long since I've read anything man it's it's I mean, I, I am so far behind on everything. I mean, I between, you know, making Infliction, then marketing it, and then trying to get in the dark off the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I'm having a hard time even watching movies now. You know, I saw Fury. I saw Fury the other night with Brad Pitt and oh. uh, John Bernthal, which I thought was great.
3: I wanted to see that.
1: Um, yeah, it was a good movie. I mean, I, I saw that. I mean, what else have I seen recently? American Sniper, which was awesome. Yeah, okay. Um but, yeah, man, I mean, it's been I, – I I just wanted to, you know, uh, read uh, – oh, my God, what was it? Uh, Animal Farm. You know? Oh, you <laughs> know,
3: that's is, funny. That's on my shelf, too. I've been wanting to pick that up. Yes.
1: Swear to God, I started reading it, and then I just got tied up with everything. And I was like, oh, man, I'm just – I would die to just read a book right now, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm just talking just – Fiction, you know, give me a Stephen King book or, or <laughs> Dean Koontz or something. I just need to read something, you know. <laughs> so uh, I just got to make some time for life, man. But I'm just—I'm so busy with work, and and I love it, so I'm not complaining.
3: Well, there's a lot out there. Um, I, another plug I got to throw out there is Book Trope. Um, Book Trope's horror hooligans. Um, there's e e-zine coming out uh, starting in June. Actually, this one's this one's called a uh, Girls Rock Harder. It's all the female uh, female. Uh, authors under book trope now you may or may not have heard of maddie holiday von stark uh, no. okay she's no. in there and jesse McHugh are two of the two of them but this, this is an easy and i'm involved with it too um okay. i yeah i have a story uh going out there about camp hero on montauk if you are familiar with that um which is you you know plum island and the weirdness yes. that me well this i i did my own take on camp hero which is an abandoned military camp and why it, it is so oh, cool. and yeah it's it, it all it is, is these short stories um that will be coming out monthly with this easy and people pay like 3 bucks and they can sus- subscribe each month to six horror writers and their stories so yeah it, it, that's that's a big thing coming out and we were talking about Canada earlier um again Lydia Peaver, um Nightface that's a great vampire book unlike any of you've read yeah. Nightface okay. Two is coming out. She sent me a little excerpt of it, and I'm allowed to say that it's really good.
0: <laughs> okay, cool.
3: <laughs> I can't talk too much more about it. And another guy, Duncan Ralston. These people are all on Facebook too. Um, he's out of Toronto, and he wrote this crazy book called Gristle and Bone. You might oh, want, yeah, horror fans need to look this one up. All I can tell you is at the bottom of the book jacket, it says this one's a, this one's about cannibalism, monsters, vengeful spirits, and the apocalypse. <laughs> like, wow. That sounds awesome. <laughs> how how do you fit all that in there? But he has a new one out called um, How to Kill a Celebrity. <laughs> this guy's great. Oh, that's awesome. Duncan Ralston. That Roulston. is awesome. I'm telling that's you now. It's
1: actually funny that you brought that up because the new screenplay that I'm working on, the one that I really can't say anything about, it's a whole play on the celebrity culture, and it's going to be like a black comedy. Nice. So we had talked about that earlier and I, you know, with the soundtrack and everything, so that's, <laughs> that's funny.
3: Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, then, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see that one. Um, but, yeah, this guy here, again, out of Toronto, Duncan Ralston. Look him up on Twitter. I think he's on Twitter. And he, he's funny. We've been going back and forth. He has a lot of followers, too. Um, yeah, good guy, good guy. So that that's that's it for horror reading. Unless you want to hear about my stuff, but they always hear my stuff. So wait, wait. <laughs> well,
1: I can't wait to read your work, man. I mean, I've, absolutely. I would love to.
3: I'll send you something. Do you prefer short stories or a novel?
1: Um, I mean, I, I would love to read a novel, but my time is so limited. I mean, I would love to start with your short stories. To be okay. honest, I mean, and I, I mean, if if you can send your novel, I would love to read it. I don't know if I'm going to get to it. A- no problem. Anytime soon.
3: Not a problem. I will do that. Um, dwelling but in the short d- yeah. stories
1: are absolutely up my up my alley.
3: Well, that's dwelling in the dark. That's an anthology of eleven stories, and they all kind of go together, but they, they don't cool. have to either. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other novel is The Fall of Tomorrow. That's 200 pages. That's a, just an actual novel, not zombies. I always have to say not zombies. Everybody thinks it's a zombie book, but it's not. They're in there, but it's not about okay. them.
1: <laughs> are are you uh, are you a member of the Horror Writers Association? I people keep
3: asking me that. No, I'm not. I guess yeah, I you should be.
1: Uh, you should try and get involved with that, man. I mean, that's it's a great association it is, you uh, know.
3: Very supportive. Um,
1: and and then they do the Bram Stoker Awards. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I am that familiar or... with that. Yeah. So, I, I, I was so bummed this year, man. We, uh, uh, infliction actually, uh, was on the preliminary ballot. That you know, oh. they narrow it down to uh, ten screenplays. Wow! And uh, yeah, infliction was at, it was on the preliminary ballot. It was that Penny Dreadful, Walking Dead. Oh wow! Yeah, Oh okay. I, was, I was absolutely shocked to see it on the top ten. It didn't make the actual nomination. What what they do is they assemble the ten, uh, the the top ten of the year. Um, in other words, all the members of the Horror Writers Association. I think there's about thirteen hundred. They vote. Uh, they do a preliminary ballot, they narrow it down to 10, and then from there they narrow it down to five who get the actual nomination. And I didn't get the actual nomination, but just to be on that preliminary ballot, that was awesome.
3: That really is. Congratulations again.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I was so bummed. I wanted to get that nomination. I was like, oh, come on, you know, just get one in there for the indie guys, you know, and it was, I think the the nomination was it was uh, Penny Dreadful, Walking Dead, uh, Babadook. Mm. And I'm trying to think. I think uh, Doctor Who. Oh,
3: really? Um,
1: and I can't remember what the other one was, but it was all ma- oh American Horror Story. It was all major stuff.
3: So uh, that, that's depressing. Even though I do like a lot of those shows, I do. I, I'd rather see. Yeah, I'd rather see you get on there. Um, yeah. So, how family and friends? have They just always been very supportive of your work
1: yeah I mean my my family and, and, and friends are awesome man I mean and, and even you know when you watch Disorder you know my dad uh, is in it you know he plays a, a detective if you ever get a chance to see Disorder I did he was, he I te- did
3: oh, oh you did see yeah it? I oh. loved it I loved it yeah, I, me, yeah we sat down and watched it and, oh god yeah that was a really really good and it just kept twisting
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> thank you yeah my dad's got a small part in there Um, you know my, my daughter works uh, worked on Infliction she was was, uh, she ran the art department, um, you know, so, oh, it's all family, friends. They, they work on it. They come to set. I'm just like, uh, you know what, dude, it's, it's my set. So it's yeah. one of those where if i want to put friends, family in small parts or extras or, you know, I don't care. I'm going to do it. You know, it's fun. I, I just want, you know, everyone to be a part of it because it's such a fun experience. You know,
3: that's awesome. Uh, who did your dad play in disorder?
1: In disorder. He was a detective. Um, when during the flashback scene, when mm-hmm. David was in the interrogation room and yes. with Detective Lane Ford. And he said, "You better start talking because my patience is wearing thin." That was that was my dad.
3: <laughs> Something tells me you've heard that more than once. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, he was he was born to play that role, man. <laughs> That's so awesome. I just I knew that look on his face whenever I pissed him off when I was a kid, you know. So I'm like, "Yeah, you're playing the detective."
3: <laughs> that must be, you know what? That must be good karma because I, I had my dad on this show too. We talked about. uh him going to see the Beatles at, at Shea Stadium back in the day. And, oh, wow. uh yeah, and that was just like my fifth episode ever. And, I, you know, we've only just climbed further and further up. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not about having your father involved, I guess. I don't know. Dude, so.
1: it's fun, you know. I mean, why not? If, yeah. if, you know, you should always count on your family to support you and friends and everything. I mean, that's what it's all about,
3: you know. I agree. I agree. Um, we talked a little bit about soundtrack. Um, do you do you have the final say with all your soundtracks? Is, is that, like, you want con- creative control over the, what music is playing? In your movies,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, both uh, you know, with disorder and with infliction. Yeah, I mean, I picked all the songs. Uh, They were all indie artists Uh, within the dark um, to tie in music. um, What I would love to do, and this is in our business plan, what we're pitching to investors is do what's called the the in-the-dark tour. And what I mean by that is this is something that I I don't think it's ever been done before. Um, You put together a soundtrack for a film, and all the bands that are on the soundtrack, they go on a tour you know, together, like a a city-to-city tour. You get a sponsor behind it. Um, So not only is it generating revenue for the film, for the investors, but it's also a marketing campaign to, to create exposure for the film. So, nice. um, nice. yeah, so I think that would be totally cool, and that's, that's in our proposal. And, you know, so we want to swing for the fences with this one.
3: Cool. Well, with this, uh, the advent of your uh, In the Dark coming out, um, do you yourself, do you like to be involved with the special effects side of things?
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to the extent that um, I, I need to uh, guide them, you know, in other words, I'm one of those that if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm hands off. You know, I am i don't want to you know, I don't want to overstep. I don't like, I don't want to get in the way of anything to a point where I screw it up. Gotcha. So in other words, you know, within the dark, everything's storyboarded. So essentially what I would do is just give all my storyboards to Vinny and be like, hey, this is how the scene has to look. This is what it's going to look like in terms of an effect. How do we make this happen? And then discuss it with Vinny and come up with the best way to do it. And then obviously let him run with it. You know, that's let the professionals do what they do best.
3: That's awesome. Um, So that's
1: kind of how I do it. I mean, you know, whenever I direct, I'm not one of those, you know, it's my way or the highway. I'm very open to suggestions. Um, you know, I mean some directors it's, you know, shut up and do it exactly how I ever written, other directors it's almost like ad lib, they just let them run wild, the actors. <laughs> I'm definitely in the middle. You know, I'm open to suggestions, but at the end of the day, I have to have the final say because I know what what my vision is and what the end product's got to be. Um, mm-hmm. so but it's amazing, you know. I mean, when you when you let people just voice their opinion and have a, a creative input, it makes the project better, man. I mean, that's that's all there is to tell it.
3: That's all. Yeah, I agree with that. It sounds like you have the perfect uh, blending of uh, ideas, and you're open about. Uh, so you let the actor kind of take the role the way they want to take it, but you can kind of guide them through it.
1: Exactly. I mean, basically, the way when, whenever we um, uh, start rehearsals, I always say to the actors. Right now, I know these characters better than you. But mm. by the time we're done with with our rehearsals, when we get really dive into this, you're going to start telling me things about the characters that I don't even know.
3: That's crazy. So,
1: and that's kind of what happened with Disorder and with Infliction. I mean, with Infliction, Jason Mack, who played John, the, the lead, I mean, he was telling me things about his character. I was like, oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. You know, just it, it was awesome how he brought that character to life.
3: That is so cool. Then you're watching, you know, your own creative talent grow with other people. That's that's really cool to see. That's got to awesome. be satisfying. Well, I mean, uh geez, I really there's only one question I really have left. And I know the answer. And I, it's not always a good answer when I ask people this. Are you excited about the new Star Wars?
1: Um, honestly, I am. Okay, good. I, am. Oh, I am. I am. I, I'm telling you, when I when I saw the first teaser, I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But then when I saw that, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, when that I new do. trailer came out and hand solo with Chewie at the end. Yes. I mean, dude, yes. I, I, I got goosebumps. Oh, I, I still was, do. I, I felt like I was eight years old again, sitting in Thank that you. theater. Thank
3: you. Know? Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. That's that's what's forgotten. Uh, a reason to go to the movies again. A nice big budget one. But you know what? It's one for you know everybody can enjoy now that kids kids are getting to enjoy it like we did. You know, it's I think it's so. Uh, those scenes in the desert with the star destroyer in the sand. Yeah and they fly into like one of the, what was it like one of the turrets or one of the uh, back engines like that's incredible. I, I just I thought it was so cool. I'm glad to hear that. I had a feeling you would be excited.
1: I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I was not a fan of the new three, um <laughs> which I don't think anyone was. Um but what I do like is I'm hearing that JJ J. Abrams is shooting it on 35. I mean, he's he's trying to yeah. go uh with as many uh, practical effects as humanly possible. Yep. I mean, even the android, that android, is a, it, it's a real robot. Is I it mean, really? Real.
3: Oh, that, I didn't know. That's
1: what I heard, yeah, because people were flipping out that the thing looked all CGI'd, it looked fake, and he's like, no, it's a real robot.
3: Oh, wow, and he so, can prove that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I heard, so yeah, I, I mean, but oh my god, that new trailer, I was like, I was, that was it, I think I played it like five times in a row.
3: Yeah, me too, <laughs> and then I sent it, sent it five times to five different people, you know, I just, oh yeah, my cousin, my cousin texted me, and I know when he texts me after a work day, and I'm driving in the car, and I see it come from him, it's about Star Wars, so I'm in my car, I'm like, I'm not going to look at my phone, because I, I you know, I'll go berserk, and he tells me, when I get home, I look at the text, and he said, don't look at this while you're driving, <laughs> and it, it was the trailer <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah well, what are you gonna do but yeah i'm really totally geeked up on this i want to thank you for your time and the music you brought with us today that you gave to us and shared
1: thanks for having me on man i had a blast it didn't even feel like uh an interview i mean it just felt like we were we were hanging out talking you know
3: we try for that we try for that it's um, awesome. and it's all about the music too i that kettle whistle radio is always uh music horror subcultures comic books you know everything that you know we all now is it's all mainstream now isn't it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy man these comic cons now are insane i can't yeah. believe how mainstream comics are now.
3: I know, I know, I know. It's, it's it is amazing. I, I I was a collector. I think we talked about that last time too. Yeah, I, I yeah. still I'll buy stuff every now and then. I love the independent comics. Um, and we I did. Oh, you know what? I I have to send you the free comics. Uh, for Free Comic Book Day, myself and uh John Towers, who was the artist and a fellow writer behind it. Uh, we sent out the four issues of a comic we did about five years ago. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's it's pretty funny. It's called World Zombie Wrestling <laughs> Association. Okay, yes, it's uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, dig if you will, the picture. Um, it, it, imagine Buck Rogers uh, arrives back on Earth, very Planet of the Apes, but it's zombies. It's the Earth is run by a megalomaniac robot who uh is bored and he wants so he starts the zombie wrestling association and our our hero who ha- also has a, a robot with him that hates him get involved in tag team matches with zombies
1: <laughs> dude that's awesome
3: it, it, you know what it's, it's actually kind of a funny read i will send you those all four issues i don't know how i left you out of that one but <laughs>
1: i would love to see it man all that right. sounds awesome
3: well again thank you for your time uh folks I mean, you gotta check out this guy's film, Infliction. Uh, Jack Thomas Smith he has made, uh, well, he's blown me away. Again, I think I've watched it three times, maybe four. Um, it's worth watching a half dozen to get it all in, I think. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when's the next time, uh, it can be viewed? Where can um, people see this? Oh,
1: with, with Infliction in yeah. terms of a screening, um, I don't know yet. I think we're booking one in Indianapolis at Days of the Dead um, at the Wait, end of June. You're going right to be there. Now that looks like it's going to be the only one for for the next couple months.
3: Jack, you're going to be there. I don't know. Oh. I don't know.
1: I might be. Why are you thinking about going? I'm there.
3: I'm there with John Russo. Yes, and, and uh, Gary Vincent. Yeah, we have two oh, tables. Oh, wow. Two tables.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know. I'm not sure yet if we're going to be able to make that one or not. Oh, but man. um, I, I have you been dealing with Jason Hoover? That's the, the person I speak to there.
3: Um, No, you know what? Uh, it's booked through my the publisher, Gary uh, Vincent. He, who You okay. should, should friend him, too. He's a great guy. He books oh, no, everything. No, I know
1: Gary. Gary's awesome. Oh, you yeah, do great okay. guy. Um, yeah, he, he books yeah, I everything. Deal with, I deal with a guy named Jason Hoover. He handles the film aspect of it, you know, all the films that screen okay. there um so yeah he contacted me and said they wanted to screen it there because we had a great turnout at the one in chicago yeah um so i know he's he's gonna book it there i just don't know if we're gonna get out there or not but i I mean yeah if we do we'll definitely hang out absolutely oh
3: i'm there i'm there for we're getting there friday afternoon i'll be there all through sunday we may even i'm not sure if we're leaving sunday or monday i don't remember but we're yeah we're staying right across the way from it so we did last year it was such a blast
1: is that is India a good one? Because I'll tell you, Chicago was amazing.
3: Yeah, man. I hear things about that.
1: Oh my god! I, I I mean, what a well-run operation. That's probably honestly, it's probably the best horror convention we've been to. Is, is Days of the Dead.
3: Well, yeah, so far it's been my favorite and best one for me, uh, last year. Uh, but yeah, I will be there June, I think it's the 26th, is that right? June 26th? Yeah, end of June, yeah. Yep, yep, we'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. So look for, uh, the John Russo table and come over and say hi. Smack me in the head, whatever you want to do. But no. Dude, I, absolutely. I,
1: I will <laughs> definitely let you know if, if we're, uh, if we're going. Absolutely.
3: I've, you know, I've made connections at that one that I, I've, for the past year, been some of the best people I've met so far. So, yeah, good times. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I got to meet, um, oh, God, Bill Mosley last time. I, I bragged about that. Oh, that's that. cool. That was a great interview. Oh my God. Was he funny? He was so funny. Yeah. Uh, he's,
1: you know, he's another one. I haven't met him yet, but he's so supportive of indie, mm-hmm. just indie projects and just the whole, you know, the whole, uh, uh, environment, you know, where he gets out and meets with people and talks to people. At least that's, that's what I've seen. That's what I've heard.
3: Well, you know what? Maybe we're going to go out with one of his songs. He gave me two of his albums, uh, the Cornbugs, and, uh, I'm allowed to play his music. So we're, we'll, we'll go out with a Cornbug song. Awesome. <laughs> you might, you <laughs> might like it. You might like it. If you like it, I'll see if he'll let me, uh, send it to you. Cool. cool. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding around. But, um, hey, this was great. And, um, we're going to go out with the Cornbugs and, uh, we, you know, I want to thank, uh, Mr. Jack Thomas Smith for coming on Kittle Whistle Radio and you should tell the folks where to find you on Twitter and anywhere else.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, it, they can go to the uh, official infliction website, which is inflictiontapes.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at uh, Jack T Smith One. Uh, for infliction, you can find uh, at inflictiontapes. Uh, for the indie uh, the uh, in the dark Indiegogo campaign, um, you can find it at uh, on Twitter at in the dark JTS on Facebook um it's uh in the dark movie um and then the uh uh for the website you could also go to foxtrailproductions.com. that's my production uh company website and that has info for the uh in the dark uh in the go go campaign so uh yeah thanks i mean thanks for having me on man and Absolutely. thanks for uh letting me spread the word
3: you bet there you have it folks infliction check it out check out the website it's amazing i love it with the news trailer on there and everything oh it's so much fun Okay, we'll talk to you again. And uh, until then, maybe we'll see you in Indianapolis. You got it, man. Thanks. All right. Good night.
2: In the shower, and hour by hour, I'm getting older. Hippie days are done. Put your clothes back on and mourn me in California. Long haired man with smoking gun, standing over Donovan. Wear your love like heaven down at the 7 Eleven drinking beer. Getting high on sin, no more, ho, ho, ho. Good. <laughs> you like it? The hacksaw hacks. The hippie shafts. The crash pads love beat hippie dads. Crash pads love beat hippie dance!
4: Hippie days are done.